Well, yesterday as I was watching the football game, I was really hoping that the statement I'm about to make would be a lot more profound. But I'm still going to make it. Um, No matter what you believe, games are not won in a single moment. Okay? Now, yesterday that was really obvious. But... (laughs) Even games that are really close, no matter what you believe, they're not one in a single moment. Sometimes we think that something happens in a single moment because there's one bad play. Or at the end of the game, there's one missed field goal. No matter what, it wasn't won or lost in a single moment. Rather, games are won over an entire period of time, over four quarters, if you will. There's a phrase, play all four quarters, right? Because it matters. All four quarters matter. Games are not won in a single moment. Similarly, in life, character is not formed in a single moment. Rather, instead, character is formed over a lifetime of faithfulness. Character is something that we can't evaluate in a single moment. Character is evaluated over a lifetime or a long period of service. Turn in your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter 23. We're going to be digging in here to Joshua chapter 23, and before I get too far into it, I want to actually have us read the first five verses of Joshua chapter 23. So let's dive into this. This is a sort of introduction to the chapter. It includes its own introduction, but let's look at Joshua chapter 23, verses 1 through 5. After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them. Joshua, by then a very old man, summoned all Israel, their elders, leaders, and judges, officials, and said to them, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered, between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. The Lord, your God himself, will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord, your God, promised. What we see in Joshua chapter 23 is the end of, of an era. You see, if we go all the way back to Joshua chapter 1, which we did several months ago now, at the beginning of Joshua chapter 1, what we said was that it's all about God. The book of Joshua is all about God. In fact, the name Joshua, Yeshua, means Yahweh saves. It is all about God. And here in Joshua chapter 23, now after a lifetime of service, Joshua is giving his farewell. His, here's what I want you to remember. Here's what I want you to follow. I really pay attention to a lot of things in this chapter. The first thing that really stood out to me in this sort of introduction was after a long time. And if you're anything like me, you say, well, how long? Be more specific. Well, I actually think I know how long. So let me give you my estimate. In Joshua chapter 24, Joshua tells us he was 110 years old when he gave his farewell. Caleb, after the conquest of all of the land, was 85, if you go back to Joshua 14. So 
110 minus 85, assuming Joshua and Caleb are roughly the same age, gives us 25 years. So this farewell address, my estimate, is about 25 years after the conquest. And Joshua says, farewell, but don't stop being faithful. Because godly character is built over a lifetime of service. I love verse 3. 25 years later, after all of the battles, he says, you yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done. Joshua was the figurehead. He was the appointed leader. But God was the one who was working. And it had been God all along. Joshua did not want the people to focus on him. He wanted the focus to be on God. So let's continue in the chapter with that in the back of our minds, that the focus is always on God and that character is what matters. Let's look at verses six through eight. Joshua says, be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The first point that Joshua seems to be making in this text is that godly character remains faithful to God himself. Somebody who exercises godly character will remain faithful to God. Godly character is all about God. In verse 6, what I see is that remaining faithful to God means remaining faithful to his commands. I have an uncle that is really into the stock market and investment strategies and He's just really into that. And he texts me, I don't know, probably three times a week with some news article that he wants me to read. And at least once a month, the article is something like Secrets of Success by Warren Buffett or something like that. And he wants to share Warren Buffett's Secrets of Success. Joshua here is sharing his Secrets of Success. You see, he says, be very careful. Be very careful. After a lifetime of service, I can tell you, be very careful to obey all that's written in the book of the law. Go back in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1 and look at verses 7 and 8. Back in Joshua 1, verses 7 and 8, Joshua said, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Chapter 1, book ended to chapter 3, 23. Be very careful to obey. The secret to success that Joshua is sharing with the people is that remaining faithful to God means remaining faithful to his commands. Be careful. Joshua goes on in verse 7, and he tells the people, remain faithful to his commands, and remain faithful to God involves rejecting false gods. Remaining faithful to God means rejecting your false gods. He tells them, separate yourself. Don't allow a hint of idolatry into your life. Avoid placing your confidence in false gods. The people of Israel had a habit of going after a false god, of seeing, oh, 
these people worship this idol. Let's get us one of those too. Let's add it. No, reject it. Don't go after false gods. Avoid serving false gods at every cost. Remaining faithful to God means rejecting false gods. Remaining faithful to God also means loyally binding oneself to God. That's the final thing that Joshua tells us here in verse 8. If we're to remain faithful to God, we must first obey. We must second, reject any false gods. And third, we must bind ourselves to God. Hold fast is the word that is used there in verse 8. It's a, a translation of a Hebrew word that means to cling tightly or to weld. So we have Jason as a welder, and so I asked him if he would bring me some metal that he had welded together. And after the service, you're welcome to come take a look at, at Jason's welds. You cannot pull this apart. It is welded. In fact, a good weld... Try harder. <laughs> I could throw it down. <laughs> a good weld is actually probably stronger than the metal surrounding it. We are to weld ourselves to God, to hold fast to him, unbreakable. We trust welds a lot. Did you know that your car has, on average, over 4,000 different welds that you depend on every day going down the highway? We trust our welds. We need to weld ourselves to God. Let me give you an action step. Bind yourself to God. Weld yourself to God by committing to him alone. Think for a second about what are the commitments that you have in life. Are those commitments getting in the way of your commitment to God? We need to be bound to God, to hold fast to God. Because godly character remains faithful to God. And so it binds us to God. Let's continue on in the text. Verses 9 through 13. Starting in verse 9. Joshua says, The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations to this day. No one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you, just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and ally yourself with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes until you perish from the good land which the Lord your God has given you. What I see in these verses, what I think Joshua is trying to tell the people, is that godly character remains faithful in any environment. So we started with godly character is faithful to God himself. Now I want to tell you godly character remains faithful to God no matter your circumstances. Godly character remains faithful to God. Verses 9 and 10 give us just a short history. And what I think verses 9 and 10 are trying to tell us is that being faithful in any environment is rooted in recognizing God's past faithfulness. Being faithful in any environment comes from first recognizing how God has been faithful 
in your past. Look at what Joshua brings out with the people. He tells the people that God drove the enemies out of the land. God was the one who pushed the people out. God made Israel unstoppable. Joshua tells the people, God gave some of you superhuman strength. You want to be a superhero? Look at what happened in verse 10. One of you routes a thousand. God gave you the power so that one of you was able to drive out a thousand individuals. In fact, it was God who fought on behalf of Israel. Or the people of Ai in confusion. Or Joshua defending the Gibeonites and hail coming down from heaven and striking the enemies. Ultimately, God fulfilled his promise. He had provided for Israel. We must recognize God's past faithfulness. You see, godly character does not whimsically declare confidence in God. Rather, godly character reflects on what God has done in the past and boldly says, God will continue. Godly character is not whimsical. It's reflective. Godly character is based on God's past faithfulness. The second in this subsection I want you to see is that being faithful in any environment stems from loving God. Look at what Joshua says in verse 11. He says, be very careful to love the Lord your God. What would you do for someone you loved? You would give up just about anything including your life, perhaps, for someone you love. God says, don't obey me simply because I told you. Obey me out of love. Learn to love God. Be very careful to love the Lord your God so that your obedience for God stems from love for him. God does not call for sterile, harsh obedience, but rather relationship that obeys out of love. That's the God that we serve. In verses 12 and 13, what I see is that godly character stems from being faithful in any environment, and being faithful in any environment requires that we recognize the presence of temptation. Joshua tells the people, look out. There are threats to your character lurking. He tells them, you will be tempted. You will be tempted to form alliances with unbelievers, with people who will draw you away from God. You will be tempted to intermarry with unbelievers. They will draw you away from God. You will be tempted to form close relationships with unbelievers, and they will draw you away from God. Joshua wanted the people to realize that they were living in a land full of temptation. There were people who didn't believe in God, And if they weren't careful, they would draw them away from God. We need to realize the presence of temptations. There are temptations all around us. Sex, drugs, alcohol, materialism, addiction to devices. If you don't believe me that those are all temptations, turn on the football game this afternoon, watch a commercial, and in 30 seconds you will be exposed to sex, alcohol, materialism, and addiction to device in a 30-second window. The temptations are real. 
Joshua was real with the people, though. He said, not only are there temptations, but those temptations will lead to your devastation if you're not careful. Joshua told the people that if you fall into temptation, if you fall for this, God will stop driving Israel's enemies out of the land. God will stop fighting for you in order that you would turn back to him. Those enemies would become snares and traps. If you think about a snare or a trap, something that catches an animal and it can't get out. Temptation can be a snare and a trap if we're not careful. It's lurking there, ready to grab a hold of us and destroy us. In fact, God uses the word, Joshua uses the word, perish. If you're not careful, these temptations will cause you to perish. The word perish is an interesting word. You see, it's a little bit different than death. Unless the rapture happens, we are all going to die. That's, that's inevitable for us. I hope none of us are going to perish. You see, perish has the idea of an unpeaceful, unnatural death. Joshua says, be careful. Be careful so that you don't perish from this good land which the Lord has given you. We need to be real about the consequences of the temptations in our world. Sexual sin destroys a person. Physically and mentally. Addiction is a cruel master. Materialism leads to covetousness that can never be satiated. Look at athletes with million-dollar contracts that go bankrupt. Materialism will lead to covetousness that can never be satiated. Sin leads to perishing. Sin ultimately leads to an unnatural, unpeaceful death. The solution to sin is Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins to give us forgiveness from sins and freedom from enslavement to sin. If you have not committed your life to Jesus, turned over your sin to Jesus, I invite you today to do that. To accept Jesus' payment on the cross for your sin and to grant you the freedom from enslavement to sin. Yes, we live in a world full of temptations, but we don't have to be slaves to those temptations. Let me give you an action step. Take a minute and consider the environment that you are in today. What do you need to recognize if you are to remain faithful? What temptations are ready to trap you, to snare you? Is it sex? Is it drugs and alcohol? Is it materialism? Consider your environment. What do you need to recognize that you might remain faithful. Let's continue on in verses 14 through 16. 
Joshua concludes this speech in the following way. Now I am about to go all the way of the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as all the good things the Lord your God has promised you have come to you, so he will bring on you all the evil things he has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land he has given you if you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them. The Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. What I see here is that godly character remains faithful even in transition. I want to give you an aside here. Um, I found out that we would be voting this afternoon uh, just over 14 days ago. I planned to preach this sermon like three months ago today. God's timing is pretty good. What I want you to recognize here is that godly character remains faithful even in transition. No matter what, Joshua tells the people, I am about to go the way of all the earth. In other words, he's about to die. He will be leaving. But godly character should remain faithful. You see, Joshua had been faithful in the transition away from Moses. And Joshua wants the people to remain faithful because faithfulness in the midst of transition recognizes the reality of transition. We live in a world where change happens. Transition is a constant. Moses to Joshua. Elijah to Elisha. David to Solomon. Throughout God's plan, transitions have occurred. And faithfulness in the midst of transition recognizes the reality of transition. It recognizes that things change. That God keeps things moving. But faithfulness in the midst of transition also recognizes the primacy of God. Joshua reminds the people yet again, I'm going the way of all the earth, but it doesn't matter because it's God that you have been following. You see, if God is first, if God is first in our church, if God is first in our lives, then when transition happens, we celebrate because we were following God anyways. And God hasn't changed. We always are following God. So faithfulness in the midst of transition recognizes the primacy of God. And then in verses 15 through 16, Joshua reminds the people that faithfulness in the midst of transition is a must. It's not optional. You don't get to say, eh, we're transitioning. I'm not going to continue. I'm going to just move on. No, it's a must. You must be faithful even in transition. We, as a church, are in the midst of transition. We're not worshiping in our sanctuary because we have construction going on. We're in the middle of a pastoral transition. I want to tell you that faithfulness in the midst of transition is not optional. 
we need to be faithful. No matter how long our remodel takes, no matter how things go in our transitions, we must be faithful to God. We must recognize that transition happens. It's a requirement. We must recognize, though, that in transition, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. And if we put our focus on God, our transitions are just part of life that we celebrate. And we say, wow, look how God worked there. As Joshua is giving his farewell address, and I believe 23 is farewell to the leaders, 24 is going to be farewell to the people. As Joshua gives his farewell address to the leaders, he tells them, it's not about me. It's about God. So, let me give you an action step today. Determine to put your eyes on God and not any mere human. This is important. As your action, determine to put your eyes on God and not any mere human. You see, transitions happen. And if we focus on humans, we will lose out. But if we put our eyes on God, we'll celebrate as we go through transition. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 23, is passing the torch. I find it interesting, though. There's no one identified as the next leader of Israel. See, Joshua is calling on them not to focus on some leader, but instead to focus on God. Joshua can pass the torch without passing to any one person if the people will only put their focus on God. Because it is, always will be, and always has been all about God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are God in the midst of transition, in the midst of victories, in the midst of defeat. You're still God. You still reign on the throne. You still have it all under control. And so I pray today that as individuals, as a church, that we would build that godly character. Godly character that focuses on you. Godly character that is faithful no matter the environment. Godly character that is faithful even when everything around us is changing. And so, Father, today, I pray that you would build within us godly character. In Jesus' name, amen.